Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. What is up, friends? Welcome to uh, week two of Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. Clearly a lot to get to today, and uh, my name is Chris Williams, joined as always by John Miller. We have a sponsor, Prairie yep. Meadows Racetrack and Casino. That's like from the old school. Yeah, I was I was pointing at you to finish it. Yeah. You, Your dude, favorite place to play. Uh, I, I, I failed. I screwed up. I'm just, you know, I lost my wallet today, so I'm discombobulated. You're having a bad day. Iowa lost their offense last year, last week. I lost my wallet this week. Feels about the same to me. Uh, have you ever been to the Outer Banks in North Carolina? You travel a lot. I have. Been... I, I had I had a, a customer out there one time. Probably not as posh as where you are. Um, I rolled the windows down one time just to let some air in. And I pulled over and I stopped. And I heard wafting ever so faintly on the breeze, but it was distinct and clear, and I was certain of it. I heard... <laughs> and I rolled him up, went on down the road. Yeah, this is my kind of place. I've never... I, my mom grew up down here, but I'd never been to this actual area, and I really like it. Like, it's... You, so, you, so like, you, you're saying you'd fit in in a town named Deliverance. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I would, like, I'm currently in Nags Head. Sure. Heard about it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's more of a touristy type deal. But we actually. It's pretty. Yeah, we have a house that's like on the. It's like on a. It's like a sound. It's, we're not on the actual ocean, but it's What's actually. It, it's, it's basically like a sound is like a body of water between an island and an ocean. Kind of like a little river. I think okay. water between an island and an ocean. Okay. Yeah, also, what, how how is a sound different from a bay or a canal? Can be considered the same. Somebody out there is going to know this, and they're going to tweet at us. I don't yeah, know. we we want to know. I mean, I do. I just drove over the bridge. There you go. Picked Appreciate up the beer, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, thanks, though, to Prairie Meadows. They've been sponsoring all of our. Cyhawk pregame coverage all week on Iowa Everywhere, and they will be the weekly sponsor of Miller and Williams. Here we will we record on Thursdays, goes up on the podcast network Fridays. Those on YouTube and whatnot can watch it earlier. Um, yeah, those those watching on YouTube, I'm in my wife's office, so if you're zooming in on these books titles behind me, just know that I'm not saying I. I don't like them. I'm not saying I do like them. I haven't read any of them. This is my wife's collection. She's the most well-read person I've ever known. She also has a podcast at Her Story Speaks. And um, but this is her digs. And these digs are better than my digs, Chris. Um, so you've had like a hell of a day. You want to get into anything? You lost your wallet. Um, wallet. My internet's not working right now. Internet's so not working. I'm up on the highest 
point in my house so that I can use the cell phone to do this. So that's why I'm in here. Plus, it's sweaty up here in a two-story house. Um, don't We only got one air compressor. Um, there's a couple other things I don't want to mention uh, that sucked today relative to kids. So it's just, yeah. It's and 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 I got got the Spencer Petrus thing, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, all of this with a great deal of zeal and zest and passion and energy because Prairie Meadows deserves no less. Nor you, the viewer and or listener, you're gonna get it. So you know what, Chris? Let's put aside my uh, my issues, um, and let's, let's get after it. Let's, let's do it. Let's get after it. See you. You're the king. I remember listening to your KXNO show years ago. You're the king of reverse psychology on this week. You always pick Iowa State to win this game because then you can you can be right either way. Like I'm not dumb. I know how guys like you work. You you used to do this all the time. You would pick Iowa State, and then if Iowa won, you're happy, and all of your followers are happy. If Iowa State won, you could be like, well, I told you guys so. You're the king of this. You started it on Sunday with that snarky email to me about, oh, you can just name your score. Name your score. Iowa State's winning this game. Here's my question. Do you ha, Have you calmed down at all? Has your mind changed at all? Have you thought about this game at all to change your input on what happens tomorrow? I had, I had calmed down until you just basically impugned my character uh, by questioning <laughs> my genuineness um might i have done what you suggested once or twice perhaps <laughs> however <sighs> however everything that i said to you on sunday and also some mutual friends of ours uh that i decided to resurrect an old uh text group you know these people very well <laughs> i think i have I, an idea i sent them a message shortly after uh i sent it to you uh, and, and, and they weren't buying it. And I said to them, I'm going to Iowa. I'm leaving for Iowa in literally an hour and a half. Going to go up. My daughter, Mary, and I are going to stay with my folks in Washington. Going to play a little golf with my dad and my brother. Not going to the game. Uh, I'm going to watch it in, in the basement of my folks' house. But they live very near Riverside Casino. Okay. Um, now, what I'm going to do, instead of going to that place, I'm going to go up through Des Moines. Oh, get over to Altoona. Nice. And I'm going to make a wager at Prairie Meadows and Casino. Okay. Beautiful. I'm going to make a wager right there. And I will absolutely be willing to share the ticket with you so that you know I'm putting <laughs> my money where I'm at my mouth is. What am I doing? I'm making a wager on taking Iowa State in the points. Okay. Then I'm going yep. to do a separate parlay with Iowa State on the money line and the under. Hmm. So I don't want that outcome to happen. I, you know, I don't want Iowa State to beat Iowa. I very much want Iowa to beat Iowa State. But I am choosing to uh, be true to my word, and I will make those wagers. And I'm putting a C note on both of them. Just so, because if I went and did five bucks, then you could say, yeah, Miller's just doing it. Miller's just doing it. But a hundy? Hundy is a little different level, right? That's more than just uh, that's more. That is a token of my sincerity relative to this outcome, which is fueled in great detail, Chris, by the offensive performance that we saw last week from Iowa. Okay, so 
Yeah, no doubt about that. I, th- I thought it was a hassle and I talked about this on, on two guys named Chris. I thought you and Ben Bruns had a really cool exchange going back and forth talking about Brian Ferentz in this game. Ben was responding to your Hawkeye Sunday podcast. Do you, I asked Hassel this, do you, do you think Brian Ferentz is a little more aggressive in this game? I, I'd, I'd like to believe that that, is a potential outcome. I'd like to believe that maybe Iowa held something back or they went into that South Dakota state game with a very plain base, fundamental bread and butter approach just to get the job done. No figuring they probably didn't need much more than that, but that's a double-edged sword because if they did go into that South Dakota state game with the very bread and butter base formats approach, they didn't execute on their bread and butter base formation. Yeah. That's a problem. And they didn't execute against, albeit a very good FCS program, but people that they are much larger than people, as you mentioned, there's just more depth in the FBS. So I think it's a double-edged sword. You can say on the one hand, well, they, they just, they just went in with their base stuff. They didn't want to show much. Well, they sucked at a historic level with their base stuff. They are, they are a punchline. Iowa's offense, Iowa football right now, unfairly to the defense and their punter, is a punchline nationally, has been all week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember that happening before. But then again, last week was a level of futility that, uh, if you can recall, scoring seven points without a touchdown is not easy to do. And winning a game where you have less than 180 yards of offense is also not easy to do. Matter of fact, the last time that happened in, in, in college football was Iowa last year when they beat Iowa State. Yeah. Wow. Last time, huh? I read that in a tweet today. Wish I could take credit for having wow. dredged up. Back in my old days, I would have dredged that up myself. I would have been responsible for it, but I was only parroting what I saw. So, Chris, I mean, you know – the we could sit here and try to break down Iowa side, which we can. I I just don't know how much better Iowa's going to be. Because Keegan Johnson is not there. Kirk's comments in his press conference just seemed really cryptic, really weird about Keegan Johnson. It just starts to make me feel like does Keegan Johnson have like even a football? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'd be speculating. Um and I just that offensive line was so incohesive. The the snaps getting back to the quarterback with a first time starter at center, um, there was a delay. I was off half of Iowa's offensive line was firing, the other half was like a, a little delayed. It looked a lot like Wisconsin. Wisconsin fires early before the ball snapped, always has. It 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 was just incohesive on so many levels. Um that I have a hard time believing that enough progress is going to be made to beat and score more points than an Iowa State offense that even though they were playing against SEMO, uh, they looked coherent. You know, I was watching the highlights of that game, and I'm like, gosh, man, that'd be fun to have an offense that can complete a pass 15 yards down the field uh, like Deckers was doing with X consistently. I just don't know that we're going to see that from Iowa, and I'm not. I'm not rope doping you on this. If if no, if, I get it. I if, just... if, if if I were, this would be the best rope dope I've ever done, but I'm not. Well, then Iowa State still has to score, and they still have to not turn the ball over and 
not botch everything on special teams. And we've seen Iowa State do all of these things against Iowa in the last few years. I mean, I, I thought that that game two years ago, I think last year Iowa State was outmatched. That game two years ago really frustrated me. I thought that Iowa State, especially before that rain delay, I thought Iowa State was really the better team. And then they 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 have this deal, and the last game in Kinnick was the same way, where they'll, they'll melt down and do weird, dumb things that they don't do the rest of the year against Iowa. Here's the one thing I do like. Um, I, I see a lot more Purdue in this Iowa State offense than recent years. And I'll, I will lose my mind on Saturday if they go out there and try and play two tight ends and try and ball control and all that crap. I mean, I, I think Matt, I think the one thing Matt generally does pretty well is he will, I mean, we've seen him move your starting quarterback to linebacker in an off season and turn him into an all big 12 guy in Joel Lanning, right? Like we've seen him pull a four-star kid, Jacob Park for a walk-on in Kyle Kemp and it was the right move. So like Matt, Matt has, in my opinion, one of the good things. He It's different than Iowa. Iowa, you know, always know what the offense will be because it doesn't change. We know who they are. That's a system. When you go into play there, it's why wide receivers shouldn't go there. You made that famous. Um, Matt will change his approach based on his personnel. And I think not having those tight ends and you have a quarterback now and Deckers, albeit big test for him, getting a start in that environment. He's played down in Norman and played important snaps. So he he can handle it, but he's never started a game like he will experience on Saturday. I just like the personnel, just the matchup stylistically for an Iowa State team this year that's not as talented as the one last year. But stylistically, it's a much better matchup if you're trying to put up points on that Iowa defense. What do you think of that? I, I think that's really good analysis. I think that... Iowa State, you're right, still has to score. And I don't see Iowa State putting together multiple eight-plus play, 70-plus yard drives in this game. Might only happen once, and it may not happen at all. My concern from an Iowa side is is that Iowa turns the ball. Iowa's going to be the one to turn the ball over. Iowa's... um, you know, Tory Taylor can't be expected to be a punt god ten times every single game. He 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 is human. Maybe he shanks one that's only twenty five when Iowa was down on its ten yard line and the offense couldn't do anything and Iowa State set up with first and ten at the Iowa forty or the Iowa thirty five. And maybe that happens a few times and Iowa State gets a couple of field goals or a short or a short touchdown drive. That's kind of what I think is how this is gonna play out, you know. Iowa State at 13 to 17 points. And you might be saying, well, shoot, John, that's not really a lot. But, you know, again, I'll refer you to Iowa's offensive game film from last week. But the one thing I, you know, what, what I saw in the SEMO highlights, and again, it was SEMO. Iowa mm-hmm. State could do what it wanted to do. But it was, it was way better than a practice. That's not saying that the SEMO starters are better than Iowa State's backups. It's that the SEMO starters don't know what plays are going to be run. And the other guys in the Iowa State defense that have been playing against the Iowa State ones all, all fall, they know what's going to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a different team, different looks. Nobody knows what's going on. You talk about the Purdue aspect. 
and you can maybe elaborate on exactly what you mean by that in a second. I think I know, but basically trying to isolate and attack Iowa where you have advantages that Purdue and Jeff Brom seemingly do. And don't go try to play phone booth football with Iowa. That's like, if, if you're going to get in a wrestling match with the Python, you better be a Python. And Iowa State, to their credit, it's a very physical football team. It's just that Iowa lives, they Iowa lives in the darkness. Um, they no live, doubt. They live in the deep end. Don't go there. And I saw a lot of underneath routes. I saw a lot of clearing out of the zone and drag routes underneath. X did this a couple of times, actually. Correct. And the interest, there's a couple of things with Decker that I picked up on. Well, maybe that sounds a little too arrogant. You can tell me when I'm done. His delivery is a little funky, but it's quick. His delivery is really Much quick. Much quicker than Purdy's. It's a totally yeah. different deal. Totally different. And I was trying to put a finger on who he reminds me of a former NFLer I watched, and I can't put my finger on it. But it's kind of a – it's just like a little flick. I mean, he's got a really live arm. I mean, he's not winding up. He's flicking it, so it's mm-hmm. getting out. And it's getting out 30, 40 yards downfield seemingly effortlessly. So he's I, got like, a I like his arm, but one thing I wonder, I think it can be both a good thing, but if his footwork gets rushed with that sidearm delivery, he's in trouble. I would say that about most quarterbacks – if they don't get that back plant foot set under them, establishing the throwing foundation that they need, if you don't do that, you're typically going to sail the ball. And you see that from Spencer Petras a lot. Anytime a quarterback throws high, you should rewind the tape and just watch their feet. And oftentimes, unless they're trying to throw it away, it's because they didn't get that back foot set and they sail the ball. I think with his sidearm delivery, if he gets pressured and, and harassed by the Iowa front, which there's a chance that could happen, um, I would watch out for 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 Deckers and, and some some high sailing balls and some interceptions there. I'm not trying to be cute. No, it's, I mean, and if you were to ask, like the offensive line is still suspect at Iowa State. Like I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is like a home run after one game. The, you know, Rimsburg being out is just huge. You're, that's a massive drop-off from one to two when it comes to Rimsburg. And, yeah, we're, you're right. We haven't seen Hunter be under that duress. I don't really count much from last year because he's he's down like 30 pounds. He's a very different guy, totally different team. Um, that's a huge question. And how does Iowa State lose the Cyhawk game seemingly every year? Turnovers. Yeah. So – that I mean, that's the and if, especially with Iowa. I mean, I, I've referenced this a few times. People are probably tired of it, but that glass game in in Kinnick, Iowa State starts it off with a horrendous punt. You give the Hawks the short field, boom, they put it in the end zone. You give Iowa a seven point lead in the first quarter, and then they can do the anaconda right where they just smother you. And like, and that's Iowa State has gotten into that problem where you turn the ball over against Iowa because a punt like that's as bad as a turnover, not worse, depending on where it's at on the field. And then they have a hard time coming out of that because Iowa's a really good football team when they're playing with the lead. So, I mean, we can talk about Iowa's offense, but again, Iowa State, there's plenty of questions. When I say the Purdue thing, I more mean, think about since we've been doing this, John, like when Iowa State's won this football game, they're not 
matching up dude for dude with the Hawks. Like, they're not lining up two tight ends. They're not doing that stuff. They're spreading Iowa out. They're going downfield. Um, they're, they're playing a non-Big Ten West general style of football. And that's what Purdue's been able to do. It's what Northwestern used to do. Mobile quarterback, right? Like, we've seen this. It's a similar recipe um, to beat Iowa when it's not Wisconsin, right? Because Wisconsin just does what Iowa does, but they do it better. They're better, yeah. Um, and that's where I just think that I think Iowa State this year, if Matt's whole deal about players, formations, plays, if he's, if he's true to that, he says it all the time, then they're going to do – it's going to be a much more robust game plan offensively. And we already saw that in game one. They were looking downfield more. They were they were doing a lot of different things offensively compared to what we've seen the last couple of years when you're when you're in so tight as much as they have been. Right. It, it, it'll be it, it, that's that's the chess match of this game. That's the most fascinating to me. Obviously, I want to see if Iowa's offense can actually do something. But is will Deckers have enough time for those clear out underneath drag routes to develop? Because it takes time. It takes time for those things to hit. Um, now, obviously, that's not the only thing you can attack underneath. You know, a, a well-thrown slant pass is nearly impossible to defend. But Iowa's defense is built to keep things in front of them. Now, that doesn't mean you still don't attack because it doesn't mean that Iowa isn't prone to make it a blow-up every now and then. The back end, Kayvon Merriweather, last week was very fortunate that a deep pass is over his head. But that's usually not where you're going to get Iowa. You're going to get Iowa in those dink, dunk, and if it works, and if you feel you've got an advantage on a safety, you keep picking at it, you keep picking at it, you keep running the same play, you do some different things. But will Deckers have time to let things develop? And will he be patient enough to put money in the bank, meaning take what's there, even if it's little six five, seven-yard deposits in the passing game, will he be patient enough in the Kinnick Stadium environment? Will Iowa State – I mean, this game can do crazy things to people, Chris. Um, Will will Iowa State's coordinator stay disciplined? Will he be comfortable with taking that? And it's like, okay, we got to dial something up. Well, we're we're putting – we're doing the Purdue plan here. We're putting money in the bank. We're going right down. The I field. could see them locking up if they got a lead too. That terrifies me. Like brain lock, not no. Like what? What do you mean? No, locking up and going back to their old ways. Well, you know what? What what kind of lead are we talking about? Ten points. Yeah, and I, I I know where you're going. I know which road you're taking me down right now because a ten point lead with that. Ten point lead with Iowa's offense yeah. seems like a lot more than ten points. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I I do worry though. I mean, Iowa State could run the ball in the first half against Southeast Missouri State. So now they did in the second half. But you're talking about a bad FCS team. You've worn them down, right? Like I'm I'm concerned that Iowa State will be able to move the ball on the ground. Well, yeah, and I I think you're right about that. I mean, if Iowa State moves the ball on the ground. With any level of consistency, I'm going to be really shocked. I'll be very, very surprised. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Iowa is maybe its deepest along the defensive line, even though they did lose Y.A. Black last week. But, you know, Aaron Graves, a true freshman, they just rave about. I think he's a potential All-American, but maybe even by the end of next season. So I don't think you're going to run the ball consistently on Iowa State. So it, 
your, your running game is going to be that three, four, five-yard passing game, the quick hitters, trying to isolate Iowa's uh, – you know, another thing, too, this – and this is all playing, I think, in Iowa's favor defensively. And by the way, since like the since the Penn State game last year, I think Iowa's defense maybe is really close to having scored more points in the offense. No joke. Is might be right. Iowa Justin Jacobs is out, right? Mm-hmm. Iowa had which the is best, huge. Iowa had the best linebacking trio in college football, and Jacobs is athletic enough to where you don't necessarily have to sub him out for your glorified nickel package, which Iowa calls their cash. So this means that. Uh, Iowa can, in the, I think the front four are going to be capable of mitigating Iowa State's success on the ground. Not eliminating, but mitigating. And if you can do that with four and you can get a modicum of pressure with four, then that cash is a defensive back. Maybe it's Cooper DeGene. And that really bodes well for trying to limit Iowa State's effectiveness Effectiveness. We're trying to isolate a running back or a receiver on a linebacker because they're getting rid of one of their backers and they're bringing in the cash. So it's going to be a it's going to be a great chess match. And and I don't even know what the over under is, but I'm taking the under. I don't care what it is. They could tell me it was thirty one. I'm taking the under. <laughs> what? A, uh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. But there there is part of me where it's steamed down enough. And if Iowa State, I feel like if Iowa State wins, it's got a shot at hitting over. Um, I I, I know. I, I don't you know, disagree with your logic. Yeah. But I think if Iowa scores more than 13 points, I'll be floored. But we haven't even talked about your the Iowa State defense. I, I, I couldn't really get a read based on the SEMO game because it's SEMO. Um, you know, there were some you know key pieces lost from last year. What do you feel about their performance against SEMO? Con- Concerned. With the linebackers, I think I think that they've downgraded there. Um, this Colby Reader kid, I think, is pretty good, but he's not Mike Rose from what I've seen. Who you know, that's a hard guy to just fill in for. Uh, Orion Vance is a good player. He's slow for that position. They're, they've downgraded at linebacker. I think the defensive line is pretty good. Obviously, you have McDonald get double teamed a lot. Um, I love the corners. I actually think the secondary is probably the strength of that defense right now. So well, I'm sucks. really that sucks for you because Iowa doesn't throw the ball to receive. I know, I know, and that's where I'm like looking at it. And what do you what do you even do? So you probably just stack the box, take away the run, and absolutely that's single it. the yeah single the corners on your wide receivers and yep. make Petrus beat you. No doubt, make, make him beat you not once but multiple times because. Honestly, the guys that he's throwing to, with the exception of Arlen Burst, can even if they beat you, are they going to beat you for seven? I, I don't know that they are. Uh, your guys probably can recover. You absolutely, every series, every play, unless it's just stupid, you bring eight. You bring eight, and you go one-on-one with the tight end and the other receivers. You bring eight. Mm-hmm. And then Petrus probably tries to funnel the ball to his safety net in, in the tight end. And that's only going to do so much damage to you. Sam Laporta is not going to, you know, he's not, it's not no offense speed there. No. I really think Iowa State's risk reward for being super aggressive on defense, the risks are much less painful than the reward is great. I would, I would be, I would be pressing the insanity aggressive 
button were I Iowa State. And I don't think, Chris, that they've done that enough. I can't remember what year it was now since we missed 2020. Um, maybe it was the one two years ago or maybe it was four years ago. I don't know. But I, I expected Iowa State to do this very thing to Nate Stanley. Uh, and they did not. They didn't do it. And I was shocked that they didn't do it. And Iowa had their way. And I'm like, why, why, aren't, why aren't they more aggressive why, why don't they just attack? It's not like Iowa has Jerry Rice at receiver or, you know, Joe Montana throwing to him. You can mm-hmm. have a great receiver, and if a quarterback can't get it there, okay, you can have a great quarterback, and if the receiver's stinking, the, the risks just seem low for Iowa State to be really aggressive. So that's what I do. Um, you know, I'm not criticizing your defensive coordinator, uh, Haycock. I mean, he's, he's a legend. But, man, to me, this is the year. Go get aggressive on defense, insanely aggressive, and put money in the bank and Purdue it up on offense the way you put it. I, I like that. Um, I like that. And as for Iowa, I mean, don't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over, you're dead. Um, and- if they're even in turnovers with anybody, I feel like this year with that offense, that they'll probably lose. I mean, they, they've just feasted off of the turnover margin in Torrey Taylor's leg. But if they're as bad on offense as we think they are, now they're going to get a little better. They have. Yeah, I don't. To. Th- I don't think it, they're be bad the whole year. No, but like, you see my point though. Like you, the turnover margin is just so key for them. If they're even, if they're even turnover margin, I'll put it this way: with Illinois, they're going to lose. That, I mean, no, nobody. Right? No, in the last six to seven years, no one in college football has more interceptions than Iowa. That's they've feasted off of that. Yep, and and absolutely. So, but the table's going to be set. I think. I mean, this is a fascinating. I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm actually talking myself into being really, really excited about it, which I wasn't before we started speaking. And that is, who blinks? Who blinks first? Um, Iowa State's not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to throw it. I was pretty good in the back end at creating problems. Um, Iowa is going to absolutely have to throw the ball to succeed because Iowa State's going to put eight in the box regularly. And that eight in the box is going to come from all over the field with the way that your, you know, three, three, five formation is. And it's, yeah, you know what? It's it's going to be a football game that maybe only Iowa and Iowa State fans could love. <laughs> I I reluctantly picked Iowa State just because I I think that it sets up better for them personnel wise than it has. And if I keep picking it, eventually I'm going to be right. Right. Yeah. And yet I picked Iowa State, and I'm running some kind of psyop on y'all. <laughs> I mean, that's not fair. I want to pick your brain on the playoff real quick, and then we got We have to call it uh, a short show today. Thanks to Prairie Meadows for sponsoring Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. All of our Cy-Hot coverage all week presented by our friends at Prairie Meadows. Uh, John's going to stop by there and uh, by there and bet on the Cyclones. I love yep. it. Yep. Yep. Make it official. Um, right. Talk about um, bad timing. The playoff committee announces that they're going to expand the playoff last Friday, like a total, this is when like most PR people will bury bad news. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about it at all hardly here at Iowa everywhere because 
the season's going on. I wanted to just run this by you because I was thinking about it. I was traveling all day on a Wednesday doing a lot of reading. Um, with, with guaranteed playoff berths to six conferences, six at-larges, I, I want to preface this where I fully understand. So, like, if the SEC has four teams in, they're going to make more because I'm assuming that the revenue split is going to be split up by shares. I'm just guessing. We don't know all the specifics there. It's an important piece of this puzzle. Um, I, I'm, I'm believing more and more every day that UCLA and the Big Ten is going to be a total disaster. Uh, Docterman and I were talking the other day. He, he compared it to Maryland on the West Coast. Uh, um, here, I, I, let me just put it to you. Like, are Oklahoma and Texas, now that the Big 12 has a guaranteed spot in the playoff, are, are they better off in the SEC? And I would also make the point, if you're Oregon now and you're looking at your current setup in the Pac-12, do you really want to go to the Big Ten with a guaranteed playoff spot going to the Pac-12 going forward? I just think this shakes things up. Why would Arizona State and Arizona want to go to the Big 12 now? Unless it's just a massive revenue difference that they can't say no to. I think this stalls out expansion. I think this makes a lot of schools kind of look back and go, man, maybe we didn't think one out think this one out very well what do you think well i i also think that without that that oklahoma and texas inertia the other things i mean if nothing else happened then they probably made the best decision the, the everything has happened in the way that i guess it was supposed to happen in hindsight which is a really dumb thing to say probably but i i think the the ucla comparison that doc made was 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 fantastic because i think he's right now that i think about it it's crappy football team good basketball team um i did i did i want to eat my vegetables as a kid i did not especially brussels sprouts hated those things and again it was just those bags of frozen brussels sprouts mom threw them in boiling water without any spices or sauces they sure as heck hadn't invented pan frying with seasoning with brussels sprouts that i mm. love now mm. but i ate them because they were good for me does oregon want does the oregon football team want to go to the big 10 maybe not but financially the gap between not being in the big 10 and remaining in the pac 12 with whatever tv money they can muster together that gap is probably going to be too wide I get it. Okay. No, I get it. The, the the Big 12 is, this is a different discussion because the Big 12 has already positioned themselves, I think, um, rather well, all things considered, for net, their next TV deal. They've got some exciting pieces. They've got some rabid fan bases. They've got some nice markets. They've got fan bases, you know, uh, that are emerging and growing in some of these new people. So I think that the gap between the amount of money that Big 12 teams will make and what the SEC is going to pay is probably not as big as the gap as the Pac-12 versus the Big 10. The gap's still there. Texas and Oklahoma, are they be- were they better off staying in the Big 12 relative to the guaranteed seat to the party? Possibly, if we're only talking about making it to the playoff, which now at 12, that's probably what we're only talking about. It's like it's kind of getting to the point like NCAA basketball, right? 64 teams or 65 or 68, whatever the hell it is. And there's but there's 355 teams. So that's like, you know, 
now in football, we'll have 12 out of realistically 65 uh, power five conferences. So if you don't make the playoff, you you really don't matter, which you wouldn't have said that in a 14 playoff, would you? But now with 12, you probably do. If you're not in the playoff, you're really not in the conversation. So this is a long-winded way of saying I think that Big 12 is in a better position today than they were relative to relevance in the playoff. So is the Pac-12. But the, the dollar figure gap between what teams can make by going from the Pac-12 to the Big 10 and the Big 12 to the SEC in the case of Texas and Oklahoma, I think there's too many digits there, Chris, to ignore. It's got to eat your yeah. No, I, I get it. I get the revenue thing. I just think that it, it always comes back to this, but – it's not better for the fans. Like it's no. not. Oh no! Oh, you're gonna make forty more million a year. Like okay, are the tickets cheaper? Do we still have to pay for parking? What's, right? Like none of right. this is good. And like your fans would be happier if you're making twenty million a year or less and going to playoffs every three years. Like Oregon could do. If you're going right. to the playoff that often, like Oregon and Washington could do. In this new Pac-12, I mean, at some point, some money is going to follow that, right? It's probably not going to be what Indiana's cashing in, but those people are miserable. They hate their lives because they suck. Right. But right? So, so how, how could Oregon and Washington capitalize on that type of success? Okay. Um, I guess an apparel deal, they could get more money because they're more visible, but that's really not anything near what we're talking about. And, the other, and another is to build a new stadium with modernized luxury boxes and revenue generating things there and selling them out for that. That's really the two main ways. Everything else is pooled and shared relative to television rights with the conference, et cetera. So maybe they renegotiate that. Maybe they get, maybe they get bigger shares. Right. Renegotiate that and get bigger shares would be the only thing. I think Texas and Oklahoma could have gotten that with the big 12. I think that they very, I think that the Big 12 would have Are done that. you glad that didn't happen, though? Oh, yeah, I am, absolutely. I think from an Iowa State standpoint especially, like I look at this new league, and you're telling me, like, oh, we're, we're getting a guaranteed spot every year? It's fantastic. Why couldn't Iowa State be a top-four program perennially in this new league? They could. Yeah, as long as Campbell's there. Yeah, and, and you get a chance to compete for the playoff every year, and you don't have to go win in Austin or Norman to do it. Yeah. Giddy freaking up. They almost, I mean, they, I make the argument they should have beaten Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game a couple years ago. In this new setup, I mean, you were a completion at the end from being in the playoff. Right. No, you're right. Hey, can I say one more thing about this Iowa State game before we go? Yeah. How much pressure was there on Iowa State last year for this game? I would say a considerable amount. Yeah, I think. Uh, underscored, underscored, exclamation pointed. Maybe as much pressure has been on an Iowa State football team for the Cyhawk. Game day there again. Yeah, since they all started, that stuff. Since they started winning these things way back in the day, um, I don't think that that pressure is there this week. I think that they will have an opportunity to be loose, and who knows? Who knows if that will. Uh, help them and play into it. But um, I think Iowa's offensive players probably feel a little pressure, but it's not like, I mean, it can't get any worse than last week. So, dude, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think Iowa State wins a close game. 
Um, I don't want that to happen, but it's going to be a lot of, if you like defense, it's going to be great. Iowa State's got some young punters and young kicker. But Iowa, that terrifies Iowa, me. Iowa that terrifies has, me. Iowa has a young kicker too, but they've got one of the better punters in the nation. And really, this game could come down to punting. That's so Iowa. Well, if it comes down to punting, you guys will win. <laughs> I mean, Tory Taylor is—he's a monster. He is, man. He is a monster. Well, you know, Reverend uh, Williams. You, uh, thank you, got, you for paying me my proper respects. I heard you on one of the podcasts on the Iowa Everywhere Network this week, and I heard, I, you know, I, I didn't hear you making a mandate as much as I heard maybe your subconscious uh, bleeding through and really wanting people to refer to you as the Reverend. No, I just told my family here that yeah. once we drive there to this deal, I'm reverend until the end of the wedding. It's the Reverend Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I'd really like to make that stick the rest of the way. <laughs> the Rev M- Miller, the M- Miller and the Reverend. on. <laughs> I- uh, yeah, no, I'm here. My, my cousin, um, here's the, I got a lot of pressure on me though, because the cousin's husband's brother, the best man is an actual pastor. Ooh. Yeah. So I got a lot of people judging. Well, you do here. And like Spencer Petrus, there's a lot of people second guessing you. Who, who's got more pressure this week, you or Petrus? I don't feel the pressure. I just, you know, I just go out. I'm Drew Tate in your world. Just go out there and sling it. I do think, though, like at some point, and I, I don't know Spencer Petrus. Everybody says he's such a great young man and like he, we all should be rooting for him, all this stuff. Man. I get it. Like, oh, we only pay attention to the guys in this locker room. It's the brotherhood. At some point, mentally, he's got to just be shot. Absolutely. I, I mean, and I worry for him that, I mean, this last week, you you, you kind of opened with it. It's been really rough. Iowa's been a national punchline. I think that. And I tweeted about this, a rather lengthy Twitter exchange. You know, one of the things I don't like is when media members tell you how you should think or feel. And I'm probably going to be hypocritical here. So how I worded it is consider the following. That's not you should. You're, you know, con- but consider this. Consider, do you think Spencer Petrus tried any less than his best? last week or the last seven or eight games? The answer to that is no. The fact that Spencer Petras seemingly can't execute at a high enough clip to lead the offense into the land of competence. Well, you can be irritated that Spencer can't do it, but you shouldn't be angry with him, and that shouldn't lead you to booing him. The problem there lies clearly and solely with the coaching staff. It's either a failure of development that there's no one behind Spencer that they feel comfortable to go to the quick hook and bring this next man in, or it's a failure in uh, recruiting identification. Uh, It's a failure of sticking, being too loyal to somebody too long. That can also be a failure. In every instance, it is not Spencer Petrus's fault that he runs out to the huddle to try his best when he's asked to. So if you want to be angry 
be angry with the Iowa coaching staff for whatever flavor of failure you wish to put on them. But please consider not booing. Yeah, it looks bad. It just... As I said in my Sunday reaction show here on the Iowa Everywhere Network, booing is not like a smart bomb. It There's collateral damage. You can't go, boo the coaches. Boo <laughs> Kirk. Boo, yeah. I'm not booing you, Spencer. No, it doesn't work that way. Spencer and his offensive teammates walk off the field, and they're like, they're booing us. This is horrible. And then the recruits sitting over there. Absolutely. There's okay. Iowa State fans. There, There is an Iowa State Twitter troll farm that is occupied 24-7, 365, and they sit there and scour the Internet for potential Iowa football targets, and they are tweeting direct messages at them, audio and video of the Iowa fans booing. It's there. And you know what, Chris? They may actually uh, reside in a server farm out of Bondurant. Heard tell. That may be true. So, Iowa fan, you're just giving the Iowa State troll farm all the ammo it needs. All the ammo it needs. Don't boo your team. John Miller signing off after he's going to go bet on Iowa State. <laughs> we'll see, bud. Hey, have a, uh, have a great performance. Give it your best. What do you mean performance? I'm, I'm uniting these, this young couple in the eyes of God via the Universal Life Church. When you are up on the stage, my son, you are performing. Got that right, brother. Never forget it. Have fun uh, up in Iowa. Welcome back to God's country. I appreciate it. Listen to your comments on Sunday. Looking forward to that. He's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. Signing off here. Thanks to Prairie Meadows for the sponsorship. We'll be back next week, everybody. Iowa everywhere.